Hello. Ada Isabel Jones, 1900 to 1976, was a remarkable black country woman whose hard life was likely instrumental in her dry wit and encyclopedia of homespun philosophers. What's done's done and could be undone, eloquently explained her theory of inevitability. He's always in the leather where he should be in the lane, was her coruscating observation of someone not being in the right place at the right time. And a particular favourite of mine in her describing someone's parsimony was he'd skin a bibble for Epney and ruin a tanner knife. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, although one would uh, benefit from being born within five miles of Dudley to understand a jot of it. Widowed in 1945, she raised three children on her own in utter penury before the days of social welfare. Upon marriage, Ada Isabel Jones had changed her name to Fisher, so there you have the connection. You see, Ada was my paternal grandmother, my dear granny, and I was privileged to share her life right until I stood by her bedside as she passed peacefully away, smiling at me serenely to her end. She was a wise old bird, was Granny, and nearly half a century after her loss, it was her observations on déjà vu that still resonate in her expression, what goes around comes around. Oh, Granny, how right you were, how right you were. Back in the days when Granny was a youngster, the industries of the West Midlands may have already been touched by the chill wind of slow decline, but they were still largely in full flow. The mighty Starbridge glass industry was buoyant, and she would have been familiar with the likes of Stewart, Webb Corbett, and others. She would have only been in her thirties when Stevens and Williams took the royal warrant to become Royal Briley. She loved the stuff, and like many others of a generation in these parts, ended her days with a modest but treasured accumulation of locally made glasses, vases, and trinkets. Not expensive, though that's hardly the point. But the aforementioned chill wind was destined to blow hard, and not just around the black country. Leaping forward to the year 2012, at which time a certain Mr. Ian Dury had already become a valued friend following my induction into the world of glass a few years beforehand, I was by now a trustee of the British Glass Foundation, a body dedicated to securing a new home for the internationally renowned Starbridge Glass Collection, following the closure of its former repository at Broadfield House Glass Museum in King Swinford. As the official biographer for Ian's extraordinary project to recreate the iconic Roman cameo glass Portland vase, I was invited to launch the book at the 2012 International Festival of Glass and Biennale, a biannual event that has for the past dozen years or more helped rightfully project Little Old Starbridge into the limelight as a showcase for glass and its practitioners. Indeed, as I compile this modest missive, plans are already being formulated for the next International Festival of Glass to be held over the August bank holiday in 2019. But for context as to how this should all relate to the land of Banakumri Idregloch, the Welsh flag, a little more about Ian. A lifelong glass worker to his bootstraps, he is now enjoying a well-earned retirement, but is still an active volunteer. For some, like Ian, Glass is a way of life. A man whose pride in his industry is matched only by his passion for his Celtic roots, he commenced his vacation in 1968 as an apprentice glass decorator. That's the generic term for any form of finishing, such as cutting or engraving, at Stuart Crystal. But not in Stourbridge. This was in his native Aberbar Goed, South Wales. How so? 
The 1960s were a grim period for Wales with many of its coal mines and steel plants, vital to its economy, gone or scheduled for closure. When few thought it could get much worse, unimaginable depths of despair were plumbed by the Aberfan disaster of 1966. New industries were drawn to the area, including glass, and intriguingly, the Royal Mint, but that's another tale. Anyway, Stuart sought the extra production capacity and, for various other reasons, also wanted a separate facility away from Stourbridge. Operations started off with six apprentices in the basements of the local council offices in Aberbog Goed. Ian was not part of the six, but was invited to join when one left. Stuart then purchased a factory site nearby that was named Pengam Glassworks, albeit be nowhere near Pengam. At yearly intervals, more apprentices were taken on. In the late 1960s, several extensions were added to accommodate glassmaking. It engaged up to 100 workers and became one of the most respected employers in the Romney Valley until its closure under the Waterford regime at the turn of the millennium. Owing to the success of the second shop at Pengam, Ian was invited to Bulth Wells, just a few miles westward of the barn, to develop the purpose-built factory that had once been occupied by Webb Corbett, another Starbridge emigre. Ian declined, but instead found another site in the Wye Valley that, with considerable success, he developed as a tourist craft centre based around the Stuart brand. Sand engraved glassware was produced on site, and there was a gilding division at Chipster. Around 15 staff were employed before it, too, fell victim to closure under Waterford. Meanwhile, back in the Midlands, the firm of Stuart, a giant in the world of Starbridge Glass, was the last to close in 2001 with the loss of 220 jobs. Yes, there are still people making glass in Starbridge, but following the painfully slow demise of the industry, this was the last of what one might call the heavyweights, and its loss was sore. Yet, lest we forget, its loss in the Principality left an equally raw wound. Ah, but... I fear I may be close to being accused of rambling dissolutely. So, perhaps it is time to draw the strings of my communique to a denouement in which all of the threads melt seamlessly together. Ian Jury, native of Wales and former devotee of Stuart's glassworks that had bases there which he helped create, instigator of the 2012 replica of one of the most celebrated pieces of Roman cameo ever made, the creation of a brand new world-class facility to house the Starbridge Glass Collection, the next international festival of the glass that will feature the new museum as part of the hub of activity centres. Gosh, how much more? OK, here it is. Ian and his team crafted the 2012 vase at the Ruskin Centre in Amblecote, formerly Webb Corbett, who once also had an outreach in Wales. This was latterly Royal Dalton before its reincarnation as Ruskin, where Ian was heritage officer until his retirement, and which is now the focus of the International Festival of Glass. Ian has graciously gifted the 2012 Portland vase and associated artefacts in perpetuity to the new museum just along the road, because he feels that's its rightful home. This new museum was, in association with its partners and developers, created by the British Glass Foundation, a feat of which, as a trustee from the outset, I am inordinately proud. And what is the significance of this new museum? Go straight to the back of the class, if you haven't already guessed. It is located in High Street Wordsley, near Starbridge, and it is the former home of Stuart Crystal.
What goes around comes around. Ah, Granny, how right you were, how very right you were. Enjoy your black country, and do join me again soon for more Tales from the Barn. <laughs>